Yesterday turned out to be one of those days that kind of goes as you don't anticipate it to go. Kind of the, the curveballs of life happen. It was after Mass yesterday morning at, at St. John. found out that one of the, the guys I was ordained a priest with, who's about 10 years older than me, was in the ICU down in Cincinnati. And so was able to, to go down and see it and there was, or see him. And there was uh, six of us, or seven of us who were ordained together. So we all were trying to get down and, and see him. And so as I'm, as I'm on the way down there, you know, get a phone call that my dad's in the hospital. He's got double pneumonia, which is something he gets seemingly every year now. And then on the way back, there was, a, there was a, just another, somebody I'm close with got a child in the womb that's not, not doing, well, he's got some complications, just leave it that way. And so you kind of wonder like, well, must be Lent, huh? So in every life, you know, is, is full of suffering, right? There's no life that goes without suffering, without the crosses that exist in our own lives. And even as I was, as I was talking with uh, the, the friend who was down there in the hospital, we were talking about the anointing of the sick. Because we actually, the, all of us classmates, wanted to be the first one to get down to see him so we could anoint him. And it got so competitive that actually one of our classmates lied about anointing him so that the others wouldn't be in such a hurry. And when you get to lying about giving somebody the sacraments, you know, that's on his conscience, not mine. But anyways. But as we were talking about the anointing of the sick, there's this great line in the catechism that says, Through the sacrament of the sick, the church commends to the Lord those who are ill to the suffering and glorified Lord. So through this sacrament of the sick, we entrust to God both God who is suffering and God who is glorified. Not just the, the God who suffers alongside of us, but to the Lord who's risen from the dead and conquered, and the one who's living forever in glory, who's had victory over all suffering. And so this twofold aspect of both suffering and glorified of Jesus is present in our readings today. And in the, the first reading, we hear the dramatic story of the sacrifice of Isaac kind of a baffling story where Isaac is ready to be offered. And it starts with Abraham receiving this message from the Lord to say, take your only son, the son whom you love, the son of promise. It's almost as if like God's kind of like turning the knife because in the reading we skip over some things, but he says that three times, reminding them, hey, remember how much you love this son? Time to sacrifice him. But one of the other things that gets left out as we're reading and we're, we're listening to this story is the trip up to the top of the mountain and actually who carries what. Because we learn that Abraham, the father, carries the knife and he carries the torch to light the fire. The son carries all of the wood that's going to need, be needed to completely consume this sacrifice. Bit unequal. One's just carrying a, a light and a knife, and the other one's carrying all of the wood, Isaac is. But what it shows us, and what the ancient Jewish rabbis, all of them recognized, is Isaac is a lot stronger than his dad. Isaac's able to carry a ton of wood, and his dad is not able to carry that much. Which means that Isaac is not being overpowered here by his dad in this sacrifice. He's actually a willing participant. He actually is cognizant of what's going on, and he's actually freely cooperating 
with what's happening. He's not just kind of being overpowered or being forced to do something he's not because he's, he's much stronger than his dad. And so we, we see in this, in this reading is a son carrying wood for a sacrifice up to the top of a mountain, trusting in his dad. And if that sounds familiar, it should. Because about a few hundred years later, maybe 1,200 years later, in roughly the same spot, there'll be another son trusting in his dad, carrying wood up the top of a mountain for a sacrifice. Of course, that's Jesus Christ, who's this son who's fulfilling what happens in our first reading today with Abraham and Isaac. But this embrace of suffering and this experience of offering a life is what Isaac foreshadows and what Jesus Christ fulfills. And when we compare that to the gospel reading that we're given, in some ways it seems like the only connection is that there's a mountain. The gospel reading, Peter, James, and John go with Jesus up the top of the mountain. Of course, it's so beautifully depicted in the mural here just to the right of the high altar of this transfiguration. When they get to the top of this mountain, it's of course not a sacrifice, but glory. Mark says that Jesus' clothes were so dazzling white that they thought nothing on earth could make them this bright, dazzling white. And Peter and James and John, they behold his glory. They're so enraptured by the glory of the Lord that Peter says, let's never leave. I'll make three tents. We can just hang out here forever, seeing the glory, the transfigured glory of the Lord. And they hear the voice of the Father say, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And in some ways, it prepares the apostles for what they're going to have to undergo. This story of the transfiguration happens on their way south to Jerusalem for Good Friday. And it's why the church gives it to us in Lent every year, always the second Sunday of Lent, the story of the transfiguration, to prepare us that we get to see the glory of the Lord now, and that'll be the memory as we approach Good Friday, as we approach the Lord's suffering and his passion. So what's the connection other than the mountain between these two readings? In the first, the first reading, that line that God tells Abraham, your only son, the son whom you love, is actually the exact same word in the Greek to the word that the Father says in the Transfiguration. This is my beloved Son. So the connection is the belovedness, that Jesus and Isaac are both the beloved sons. So whether experiencing suffering and sacrifice as Isaac did, or whether the glory is being revealed as it was for Jesus in the Transfiguration, all of it, shows the belovedness. All of, it know, all of it shows that this son is dearly beloved. And it's so woven throughout our liturgy, throughout what we're doing here today for the second Sunday of Lent, that our communion antiphon, the words the church gives us to meditate on, to chew upon for the distribution of Holy Communion, it's actually right after the Gospel reading in the, the readings in the, the hymnal there, is... This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And so that's what the church invites us to even meditate on while we're receiving Holy Communion. That this Eucharist that's being held up before us is the beloved son 
who's both suffering to give us the Eucharist, but also glorified to be worshipped, to be adored. This is my beloved son. And even that goes for us, too. Whether we're experiencing suffering, whether we're experiencing the hardships of health or the crosses that exist in every life, or whether we feel like we're walking on cloud nine and the glory of the Lord is so present and so clear in our lives, whether we're experiencing suffering or glory, we're the beloved children of God. Whether that means we're experiencing a time like Isaac's suffering or we're beholding the glory of the Lord on the mountain of the transfiguration, we too are the beloved children of God. We too are the ones that the Lord cares immensely about. And the Father's voice says for us too, you are my beloved son. This is my beloved son. And so when we're conformed to being like Jesus, whether it's in his suffering or in his glory, we too are the beloved sons of God. And the church invites us on this second Sunday of Lent to experience that, to know that whatever's going on in our life, whether good or bad, consolation, desolation, suffering, or glory, we're his beloved children. And so may we accept that. May we accept that identity today as his beloved child and accept the crosses that are there in suffering and be grateful for the glory of the Lord whenever it's revealed to us.